You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and today we're going to look at the salvation of God. Does God need saving? No, that's not what we're talking about, but we are talking about the salvation of God. Today on Words of Encouragement. I entitled this, The Salvation of God. Have you ever been in a spot where you could not help yourself? Maybe your taxes were due and you were having trouble figuring them out. You were stuck and trying to figure out what, I don't, it's not working out. I'm trying to get the paperwork together. Maybe you got caught up in a barbed wire fence and you could not get free. Maybe you found yourself in a pickle of a situation with another person that you could not figure out how to resolve. All of us have been at points where we needed the help of someone else. Now, uh, I did not, we had a video to show and we had all this information about uh, Southern Baptist Disaster Relief Day is today in all of our churches. And so uh, they encouraged us to let the people know and celebrate the work that all of us have done in any way in helping that, the third, the third largest help in our nation for certain when it comes to disaster, Red Cross, Salvation Army, and then it's us as Southern Baptist Disaster Relief. It's amazing. Uh, but there are people who have found themselves in places where they needed the help of someone else. A tree was on their house, and here came Southern Baptist Disaster Relief to help them get that tree off for free. Uh, I mean, look, it's we've all found ourselves in places where we've needed the help of someone else. When we come into this world, we are in need of help from outside of ourselves. A little baby comes into the world. A baby needs to be fed, changed, held, loved. Never forget in sixth grade, one of the things we talked about, what are the needs that we have? And my sixth grade teacher, Miss Judy Gentry, uh, she said, what are the needs? We looked at the the... And what do you call that? Maslow's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And everybody had to learn that. And I said, love? And she said, you know what? Love is, love is one of those needs. And scientists have found, doctors have found that, yes, love is one of those needs. Uh, we continue the, to need help, though, as we grow up. We continue to need the help of others. In fact, in order for us to go to heaven required help outside of ourselves is something that is needed. There's no way any of us can get to heaven through our own works or our own ingenuity. If you are able and you're willing, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Romans chapter 5. We're going to read verse 11 and then we'll walk our way through uh, some previous verses there this morning. Verse 11 says, And not only this, But we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. May God bless the reading of His Word. May we hear His voice as He continues to speak in this service this morning. You may be seated. We look back at verses 6 and 8. This morning, six through eight this morning. First thing I want you to see is that mankind is helpless and sinful. Now, that may come as a shock to some of you. 
helpless and sinful. Oh, no, we can do stuff. Sure, you can do stuff, but I'm talking about doing life. I'm talking about making it through life. Man is also sinful. Verse 6 there says, For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Paul is speaking to these Christians in Rome, and he says that they were helpless. The King James says, when, you, when we were yet without strength, I mean, we were weak. We are weak. We're helpless. We're, we're without strength. In other words, they were unable to gain salvation by their own works. They were weak and they were helpless in their state of helplessness, in their state of being ungodly. In their state of sinfulness, they were incapable of removing themselves from their sin and, it, and its hold on their lives. It's, you and I cannot release ourselves from that pressure, that temptation of sin. We cannot do it alone. We cannot do it by ourselves. We need help. And this is the state of all mankind. All of mankind is is helpless and sinful. All of the people on the face of this earth are incapable of ridding themselves from the effects and hold that sin has on them. All people are helpless. Drop down to verse 8. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While the people were yet sinners, Christ died for them. All people are sinners. And it look, what I want you to see here, what's most important, I believe Paul wants you and I to see here, is that Jesus died even though they were sinners. Even though, now look, you look and think, well, now I I think I could see Jesus dying for a good man over here, a man who's trying to do the right thing. Seems like God would have Jesus die for that person because they're trying. Now that seems to somehow make sense in my mind that, hey, they want it. But Jesus also died for those who didn't want it, those who were involved in sin at the moment. The sinful people, the people caught up in it, Jesus died for them. In our minds, we seem to think, well, they don't deserve that. They don't deserve to have Jesus die for them. They have made their mind up to sin, and they're sinning. And my goodness, we don't want to reward someone who is sinning, do we? That's not good. We can't do that. We can't have Jesus die for those who are sinning, can we? And yet that's what the Bible tells us happened. That Jesus, it says, for, for, uh, but God demonstrated his own love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The good news is always good news. The good news of the gospel is always good news. While the people were yet, were yet sinners, Christ died for them. There's not one person who has not committed a sin. The Bible tells us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. Every one of us. While the people were helpless in their sin, while they were living in sin, Jesus died for them. He did not wait for them to clean themselves up. 
to behave correctly. He didn't wait till they had the right clothes to come to church in. He didn't wait for them to say, well, now you need to get yourself, you know, you need to live better and then maybe you can come to church. No, no, he didn't say that. He said, look, I'm going to die for all of you because everyone is welcome to come to the cross of Christ. Everyone is welcome to come to Jesus. Jesus died for everyone. All have sinned and Jesus died for all people. They were helpless. He died for them as they were helpless. They were sinful. He died for them even though they were sinful. Look up at the first part of verse uh, 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. He commendeth. He demonstrated his love for all of mankind. The Greek word that is translated for us, commendeth or or demonstrated, means, listen to this, this is awesome. It means to provide evidence of a personal characteristic or claim through action. So, like I've said to you before... If God says he loves you, that's great. And you can go tell people, God loves you. God loves you. But he proved his love. He proved his love. He demonstrated his love. He commended his love. He gave, he showed his love to us. He didn't just say, I love you. He showed us. That to me is incredible. That to me makes the difference, doesn't it? Doesn't that make the difference? Because you've had people, oh, I love you. Look, I've got a friend. I'm sorry. (laughs) I've got a friend. I love you, Craig. I love you, Craig. I love you. But let me tell you, he uses me all the time. It's sad. But he tells me he loves me. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. But he only calls when he needs something. And I think, well, man, show me the love. (laughs) Show me the love. If you really love me, show me you love me. God loves us and he showed us. He showed us. He backed it up with actions. He didn't sit back and say, well, I love you all people, all you people down there. All you people down on that little blue marble, that little globe that we call earth. I love all you people. No, he showed us. He loved us. He showed it to us. God proved his love to us through action, through Having Christ die on the cross for us. Jesus dying for us was the expression of the love of God. Now let's go look at verse 7. For one will hardly die for a righteous man. Though perhaps for a good man someone would dare even to die. Paul says on a rare occasion a man might die for a righteous man. Perhaps someone would die for a good man. Ah, but in contrast to that, look at what God has done. God demonstrated his love toward us. He demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, my goodness. He went beyond He said, look, I know y'all are dirty, rotten sinners, but I love you and I'm going to make a way that you can be with me in heaven forever because of my love for you. I love you. Oh, but Brother Craig, they're dirty, rotten sinners. Yeah, and so are we. (laughs) And God said, I love you anyway. I love you. I love you and I want you to repent of that sin. Yes, 
because I've provided for you salvation. I've, I've provided the way to be in heaven with me forever. Here it is. Just come to me and ask to be forgiven of your sins. I will forgive you. I mean, what kind of deal is that? You don't have to approach the throne of God wondering, hoping, praying. Oh, I hope he says I'm okay. I hope he will forgive me. Oh, I hope he, I'm going to talk to him. I hope he will forgive. We don't have to hope, guess, pray, or wonder. We can know because the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God will forgive us if we simply ask him. But we've got to ask him. We can't sit back and just expect, well, I know that someday I'm going to, I'll make that decision. I'll ask him, why wait? Why wait? Do it. Do it today. Just go, just go to God and ask him. The Bible tells us he will forgive us. All we have to do is ask. Have to be sorry for our sins. I mean, repent and be serious about this. This is not something we just flippantly do. This is something we do because we want God in our hearts. We want Jesus to be there. We want his Holy Spirit guiding our lives. And we want him to take control of our lives. We are giving our lives to him. It's a big deal. It's a big decision. But God displayed his love for us on that cross. His son dies for the ones who do not, in our minds, come close to deserving salvation from God. Christ did not die for the strong and the sinless. He died for the helpless and the sinful. He did that which people cannot do for themselves. He did that which we cannot do for ourselves. That's our God. Christ died for the helpless and the sinful. Christ died for the helpless and the sinful. The second thing, mankind is headed for punishment. Now look, doom and gloom. Preacher, preacher, don't do doom and gloom. We want happy, happy. Look, if you want happy, listen to some other preacher. If you want the truth, I've got to tell you the truth. Mankind is headed for punishment. The Bible tells us all have sinned. If this is true, then all must pay for their sin. All must be punished. Look at verse 9. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Whoa, that's a mouthful. In the act of dying on the cross, this is what happened. Jesus made it possible for people to be presented before God as being acceptable in his sight. Because we're not acceptable. We've had sin in our lives. We're not acceptable. But because of the blood of Christ, because of the blood of Christ, look, Jesus, when he shed his blood, he was able to wash away the effects of of the sin in our lives. He made it possible for us to go and be with God in heaven forever when, when our time comes. He made it possible for him to be in control of our lives now. It's like Jesus stepped out of heaven, stepped down and said, wait a minute. I'm going to make it possible for you people, and I mean everybody, you people, all you people here in this earth, to go to heaven and be with God. I'm going to die on this cross, and my blood is going to be able to wash away your sin, the effects of it. I'm going to do that for you. So when God looks at you, if you have accepted me as your Savior, if you have accepted me as the one, the one who, can, who is your passageway to heaven, if you have done that, then when God looks at you, he's going to say, oh, that one looks like my son. 
That one looks like one of my children. You are going to be acceptable in the eyes of God if you've accepted Christ into your heart. That's what Jesus did. Jesus came in from the outside. He came from heaven to here and he made it possible for you and I to be acceptable in the eyes of God. Amazing act of love and dedication to die on a cross for you. I don't know if I'd do that for you. Some of you I might. Don't leave your guess. I don't want you to go, go. Oh my goodness. What is, oh my. What is that? But look, seriously. But Jesus came and he died for all of us. He died for those of us who we would look at and say, oh, too sinful to be saved. Nothing can be done about that person. Oh, oh, but yes. Oh, but yes, Jesus died for them too. Christ died for the helpless and the sinful. Mankind is headed for punishment. And in that act, Jesus made it possible for us to have salvation through his death on the cross, the blood of Christ washing away the filthy effects of sin and the punishment that comes with sin. No one is acceptable to God because of their sin, but they can be made acceptable by believing in Jesus, by trusting in Him and what He did for them on the cross. We refer to what Jesus did on the cross as providing salvation for us. Salvation, we use the word salvation. He has saved us. Saved us from what? Saved us from eternal punishment. The wrath of God against sin. Let me, let me break some English grammar this morning. God don't like sin. He is not in favor of sin. And he, does, he, he is going to always be against it. And so those of us who have allowed ourselves to be involved in it, and we've never asked Christ to forgive us of our sins, we've never made Him our Savior. If there are those out there in our world or in this building today who've never done that, then look, God is against sin, and He's going to have to allow His wrath to be poured out on those who are sinful. But now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Isn't it possible to dodge that wrath? Yes, it is. Because Christ's death made it possible for those who are involved in sin to be made acceptable in the eyes of God. The wrath of God poured out on those who are a part of the way of sin. Those who participate and do not turn from sin will endure the punishment of their sins. That's the deal. If you never accept Christ, then you will, you will get what's coming to you. Because what we all deserve is to be punished for our sins and to live in eternity in the place called hell. That's what we deserve. So we, we're not getting what we deserve, and aren't we glad? If we've accepted Christ in our hearts, we're not getting what we deserve. So does God send people to hell? No, people send themselves there because they have sinned. And never accepted Christ. Once a person trusts in Christ. The punishment for their sins is done away with. Jesus took that punishment. That you and I deserve. When he died on the cross. The punishment was poured out on Jesus. Instead of you. Instead of me. He suffered the wrath of God against sin. The punishment that all people deserve. Poured out on him. Poured out on Jesus. Who never sinned. Never did anything wrong. And yet he stood in the, in the gap. He was there for us. Christ provided the way out of being punished by God. Christ provided the way out 
of being punished by God. He did that for us. The last thing, mankind is an enemy of God. Now, that just doesn't sound good either. (laughs) Verse 10, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Paul says we were enemies. Oh, my. We were not just those who had not been reconciled to God. We were enemies of God because of our sin. Wow. The first sin we ever committed made us an enemy of God. Now, my goodness. Now, preacher, I'm not anti-God. I'm not. No. If you sinned, your sin was against God. The Bible tells us this. Our sin is against Him. And it made us an enemy, according to Paul. An enemy of God? No, I don't want to be enemy of God. I don't like that. I don't like that language, Paul. <laughs> that's not good. I don't want to be an enemy, but that's what Paul calls us. He says we are enemies of God if we have sinned. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, we've been reconciled to God. If we accept him, if we accept what Jesus did for us, then we're placed in a right relationship with God. If a person accepts this gift of reconciliation, if they welcome Jesus into their lives, then there is a cause for celebration, an absolute cause for celebration. I love it when this church gets excited, when these waters get stirred of baptism. I love it when we get excited about that. We ought to get excited. There's some things that, look, I I am all for yesterday afternoon at 2.30. I'm all for getting, you know, getting getting excited and cheering. But when somebody's eternal destination turns from hell to heaven, look, it's time to celebrate. And boy, that is a big deal. That's bigger. I know some people can't imagine, but that's bigger than a football game. (laughs) That is a big deal. And we ought to be on board on that when God is at work. Because of what he did, he made it possible. Look at verse 11. It says, to exult. Now that means to show or feel elation or jubilation, especially as the result of a success. We have a reason to rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the reason? Because through him, we have now received the reconciliation. Notice what happens here. Notice how this reconciliation works. We are reconciled to God. It's not God being reconciled to us. God didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) No, it's us being reconciled to God. It's us being in right relationship with Him. Because God, look, God's God's good. (laughs) You know, He's fine. He's not done anything to be reconciled to. We get reconciled to Him. We get made right with Him. God's done what he has done and he's made it possible for reconciliation to take place. So no longer are we on the other side of sin if we've accepted Christ. No longer are we considered one of those people on unfriendly terms with God. No longer are we considered not of his flock. No longer are we headed to hell because we've trusted in Christ. We've become a part of his family. Oh, What a family. How do we celebrate the fact that our eternal destination has been changed? How do we celebrate? You celebrate every time you walk in these doors for a time of worship. 
That's, when you, that's what you're doing when you come here. You're worshiping the Lord. You're giving thanks to God. You're praising God. What for? Oh, that's a good question. How many times have you wondered, why do I go to church? Why do I have to listen to that preacher? Good night. I have to listen to him again. Why do I even go? You know, sometimes the choir doesn't even sing songs I like. Sometimes we don't sing songs in the worship service I like. Why do I go? Now, let's think about it. Sometimes the choir sings a song I like. Sometimes we sing a song I like. But you know what? Guess what? Guess what? You are to be here. I am to be here to worship the Lord. We're to give praise and honor to the God who made it possible for us to have our sins washed away. Oh, my goodness. There is time for celebration when we walk in these doors. We come in here and we praise him for what he's done. What has he done? He provided for us salvation. Oh, but preacher, isn't there some other things? Well, maybe. But but isn't salvation enough? Isn't salvation enough to be excited about? Isn't that enough to praise God about? Isn't that enough to get excited to walk in the doors to to give praise to the Lord and to worship Him? Isn't that enough? Oh my goodness, where do we get the idea that we have to have this and this and this and this and this in addition to salvation in order to worship the Lord? Oh my goodness. Well, now preacher, it's got to be, it's got to be my way. Oh, it's got to be your way, huh? Let's let it be God's way. Oh, but it's got to be this way. I want this and this. Well, you, well, that's great. You know what happens when you, if you follow that line of thought long enough, you know what's going to happen? You're going to leave this body of believers and you're going to start your own church because you're going to think, well, I know enough. I can, I just, this is what, and if you're not led by God to start another church, you better not leave these, this, this room. Oh my goodness. You better be under the leadership of the Lord if you're going to do something like that. If salvation is not enough to get happy about, then something's wrong with us. Because we come into this place to celebrate the God we serve, the God who did what he did for us. We gather together and get this, we give God T-I-M-E. Now that's a way to, that, you want to honor somebody, you give them some of your time. You want to honor someone, you want to help someone know that you love them, give them some time. We're so busy these days. Oh, I just don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. You know what? Preacher feels like that sometimes too. I, I, I don't have time. I, I got to get this done. I got, I got so much to do. Listen, what do we say here at this church? People matter to God and to us. People matter to God and to us. People. Oh, but I need to go take care of this. But I need to run this errand. People. Jesus did not die so that errands can be run. (laughs) Jesus did not die so that games could be played. Jesus died so that people can be saved. That's why he did it. When we share with God our T-I-M-E, when we share with other people our T-I-M-E, we are demonstrating our love to them. We're demonstrating our love to God when we show up here. Now, you know, I'm not, 
I don't want to be one of those preachers that harps on attendance all the time. Look, if you love the Lord, you're going to be here. That's just the way it is. You're going to make your way to worship the Lord because it's, it's important to you. That's what, that's what it is. Are you one who meets often to celebrate what God has done for you and your life? Or are you on the other side in need of for being forgiven of your sins? You can be right with God. You can be made right with him. You can have your sins forgiven. It's possible. God made it possible for you. Christ died for the helpless and the sinful. Christ provided the way out of being punished by God. Christ made reconciliation with God possible. Christ did that. And he did it for you and for me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for doing what you did. We would still be helpless and sinful, unable to have salvation if you had not made it possible through Jesus. We would be wandering around here on this earth. We would not have a hope in the world if you had not done what you did so long ago on the cross. Father, we give you thanks today for what you did for us. My prayer this morning is if there's someone here this today that needs to say, look, I need this Jesus in my heart, in my life. Maybe, you just, maybe you've still got questions. It is perfectly acceptable to have, your, to have questions about this decision. Maybe you need some answers. Would you come and talk with me? We can find the answers. We can find the answers. I pray we can find the answers for you. But also know that believing in Christ, trusting in Jesus is a step of faith. It's a step of faith. You've got to believe in the Lord and step out and trust Him. It's, 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 it's sometimes very difficult to do. But it's what we each one of us has to do to, in order to obtain salvation, in order to be forgiven of our sins. So maybe today is that day for you. Maybe tomorrow Maybe you just need to talk with me. My prayer is that you will not let this decision go any more days than it has to, please. Maybe today is the day you ask Christ into your heart. I'm going to ask you to come in just a few moments. We're going to be singing a song, and you just come. Say, look, I need Jesus. I want Jesus in my heart. And we'll take care of that today. Maybe you have a friend or a relative who needs Jesus and you're praying for them. Would you take some time to pray for them? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for the way you've provided for us in so many different ways. God, you are you are truly worth celebrating, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. I hope that in some way this sermon reached out and touched your heart. I hope that in some way you will know, look, God cares for you. He loves you. He cares for you. And when he gave his son, that was a huge demonstration of his love in your direction. It was a huge demonstration of His love for you. He loves you that much. 
No one else on this earth can love you as much as God does. Will you allow him to come inside of your heart? Will you ask him to forgive you of your sins? Will you give your life to him? That is the question that you and I and everyone in this, on this earth must answer at some point. What will you do? Will you give your life to him? Or will you continue to struggle to live your life the way you think you want to and keep falling into issues and problems and difficulties? It's up to you. You're not going to be stress-free. You're not going to be trouble-free with Christ in your life, but you sure are going to be able to handle the situations that come. Don't you want the help of God? I'm leaving that up to you. Thank you for listening. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.